This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. All right, Mindset Nation, welcome back. Very, very excited about what's going on over here. We continue to grow and it's been so much fun doing it. Thank you, thank you, thank you all so much. Reminder, head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insiders Club to find out first about some of the great news and the great things that we have coming ahead of us. I wanna drop a thank you to Pixel Whale for this awesome review. Excellent info, one of the best podcasts out there. Two thumbs up. Well, I really appreciate that, Pixel. And uh, thank you for all the support. And thanks to everyone who's dropped us a review on iTunes. And make sure you join the Insider Club. So let's get to the episode. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am really excited to be here with Don Cost in the studio. How are you doing today, Don? I'm doing fabulous, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really excited. So Don has years of experience flipping houses and investing, and he's gone through multiple cycles and he's even lost it all, which is a hardship that hopefully most of us don't have to face. But those challenges taught him some key principles firsthand on what not to do when it comes to flipping houses. And he's been recognized for consistently flipping, you know, a hundred houses a year, managing a growing team and while spending majority of his time now teaching others how to avoid some of those same house flipping mistakes. He also is the host of Flip Talk podcast, a favorite among house flippers. You ready to get started, Don? I am. I am. I'm game. All right. So you've obviously hit some huge levels of success, but uh, why don't we take a look back? Uh, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? You know, that's that's probably a deeper question than I have ever thought about. But, um, you know, I I think we all have challenges in our childhood. I, mostly it's that 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 voice in our head that tells us, you know, that we can't be good enough or we're looking at the people around us in our life that haven't achieved a lot. Um, I think we all kind of share that dynamic. You know, I don't, most of us who are entrepreneurs these days, um, especially those that I interact with most, they didn't come from, you know, a situation where they had a silver spoon in their mouth. Uh, and I think just wanting more, right. That was something that shaped me. Um, I'm not going to get into the details, but I, I did have a number of stepdads. <laughs> and uh, so my family situation dynamic um, just made me want more out of life, more balance, I think, in my life. And so, you know, those, um, just that was a driving force. You know, I, my grandfather was a man I admired the most. He retired at 50 and um, from General Motors and uh, they, they, lived, they lived a good life. You know, I, I liked the idea of retiring, but he was one of the, one of the, well, I would say last generations, near the last generations that um, got like full medical great benefits when they retired. Um, and I saw growing up that dynamic change from, you know, retiring and at least being comfortable. They didn't have a lot. They couldn't have a lot, but they got by. And I was watching that dynamic change as I grew up to, you know, places that had pensions that had lifetime, you know, um, benefits and lifetime insurance take, start taking those away and, and laying people off a couple of years before retirement and then losing all their, their pensions or benefits. And um, just realized that I wanted to make sure that I had stability, at least the stability my grandfather thought he had, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can relate a lot to kind of what you're talking about here, right? I had a, multiple different stepdads come through my life and, you know, that ends up leading to a lot of instability at times and a lot of change. And when you come from a background like that, uh, people either get really, really comfortable with that, uh, which I happen to be, uh, 
but I also at the same time am, am driven to find some security. And it sounds like that's kind of what drove you. Yeah, it was. And, and I mean, definitely. And there, there's that personal dynamic, you know, some of the stepdads weren't the greatest people on earth and, and, uh, you know, they, mm-hmm. they would, uh, definitely tear up your, at least my, um, you know, value, my, my personal, um, perspective of myself at times. And, and, uh, you know, there, I think there was a part of me, I think, I think a lot of people identify with, you know, just wanting to believe that I was good enough to pull it off. I think that was definitely driving force early on as well as, you know, when I was younger, I wanted the um, Lamborghini or the Bentley or the, I wanted, I, I thought yeah. the material things were the value of success. And now I'm in a different place in my life. I drive a Chevy truck, bought and paid for. Um, I live very modest life, but I, you know, I, I'm building generational wealth, right? So, but at that time, I think I was driven to be an entrepreneur because I wanted to prove my value and just, I love being an entrepreneur. I love having control of my life and my destiny. So I kind of stayed in that space as I matured. And what shifted for you from going from this belief or this feeling like, like if I can, if I can have enough money, if I can have the cars, if I can have the fancy things, then I'll be enough to realizing that you already are losing everything. Um, Part of it, I think part of it is just maturing, uh, you know, as, as a person and realizing um, that those things, look, money makes you more of what you already are. I'm sure you've heard that yeah. term before. If, you, if you're a jerk, money just makes you a bigger jerk. If you're a good person, it makes you a, a nicer person, right? And so I think watching people around me that achieve success and what they became, some of them, um, I didn't want to be that. I wanted my value um, as an individual to, to reflect more of, of who I was in, in, in my soul. Right. So, um, that, and then even then at a certain point, I was super arrogant and thought everything I touched turned to gold. And when the market changed in 2008, um, I lost everything. I had a successful real estate company. I had a property management company, real estate company. I was developing a sunglass line. I'd opened a restaurant and nightclub. Um, I was doing all these things and I thought I was a mover and a shaker. And mm-hmm. when the market changed, the realization that I didn't have a real business became real apparent and wow. that it was all gone. You know, um, I don't want to say an instant. It took a couple of years to really lose everything, but it just, it was gone. It wasn't real. It wasn't sustainable. You know, I had the BMW, I had the nice, this, I had the nice, that and it all went away. And, um, you know, when I had to, when I hit rock bottom and had to rebuild again, you know, when you build from nothing, that's one thing, but when you have to start from below nothing, I had a million dollar judgment against me. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time that I tried to rebuild, rebuild, and I had all these things going against me. And so I was less than bottom. Uh-huh. And um, I think that just, that really shaped me. It really put in perspective what was important, what mattered. You know, um, if I can change my children's children's future, then um, I've done something great. If I go out and buy a Lamborghini right now, eh, I, I mean, what, what have I really done? I've just, I've blown money on something that has no value 10 years from now. Yeah, well, it changed. It sounds like that experience changed your view of money because you, you you saw what the heck it was like to lose all of it and to then have to deal with trying to dig yourself out of a hole that was pretty deep that you never thought you'd ever be able to be in. Right. It doesn't matter how good you are, right? You know, I, I, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I'm, I can pull some things off. I can make things happen, right? But it doesn't matter how talented you are. When everything is stacked against you, the market shifts, uh, you know, those things go against you and you're not properly you know, uh, prepared, you don't have a proper business, it can go. 
fast yeah. and I didn't have a proper business. So there was no holding it together, no matter how smart I was. If I was smarter than, than I actually am, there was no holding it together. And that, that realization of how fragile it really can be, it humbles you and makes you put in perspective what's important and, and also not to take anything for granted. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there's something that you realized in there uh, and you keep mentioning a, a proper business or a real business. What, what was the difference between what you had then and what you then learned was something that you needed to build in the future? Part of, I mean, gosh, there's so many lessons, man. This is, this is like a two hour podcast. If I go through all of them, but we'll, we'll have a couple, that, we'll have a couple of rounds. We, we can just start with one at a time. <laughs> there's the, to sum it up, um, perspective, right? The first thing was I, I, not being a bottleneck and organization number one. And I didn't let anybody make a decision unless I had mm-hmm. my finger, you know, I had my input in it. Um, and so when things started to fall apart and my head, head wasn't in the right space, you know, it, my team basically ran around like chickens with their head cut off. Um, when, you, you know, having, having operational reserves, running like a business, knowing your numbers. I mean, all of it, you know, now I keep operational reserves. I have money in the bank before money was going out as fast as it could go in. Cause I thought I just had to redeploy it, redeploy it, redeploy it. And um, the way I borrow, the way I structure my deals, um, you know, the whole having skin in the game, like I don't have skin in the game anymore. I have money in the bank because I want to be a healthy company. I don't be mm-hmm. running on zero. How many investors are basically they're, they're balling broke. I always say that you're balling broke. Um, you have, you're, you're flipping all these properties, but you can't rub two nickels together. Right. And I didn't want to be that person anymore. Um, God, so many things, uh, you know, I just, but, but in a nutshell, it's just, it's just creating something sustainable where you have smarter people than you around you, making sure that the thing runs like it's supposed to decisions are made when they're supposed to, and that you're in a proper financial position to make those decisions, position of power and not weakness. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, it's so strong. And it, what's so fascinating to me is, you know, we're in a very similar business here, Don, you know, I've gone through my own ups and downs in my business and, and had to learn the hard way, even with great mentors like you and others, you know, guiding me along the path. And that point about not having enough operational reserves is like you, you were ringing that bell over and over again about, you know, don't use any of your own money, only use other people's money. And, and we were in a position where we had set ourselves up to do that. Um, but then a few loans required a few payments and those start adding up. And when the deals weren't closing as quickly as we expected, you know, all of a sudden you have 40 or 50 or $60,000 of, of, uh, notes due, uh, just on payments every single month. Uh, it starts to get a little dicey on whether you're going to be able to make it out. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's a lot of emotional discipline, right? And that's the the hardest thing I had to learn. And I still struggle with that. Sometimes you see an opportunity and you want to act on it, but you don't, you're not calculating the opportunity cost of that opportunity. It's, they always talk about the frog in the boiling water. You know, you throw them in a cold pot and you turn it up slowly. And that's, that can happen to you in this business. You're like, oh, it's one deal. I'll, I'll deploy the down payment. Oh, it's one deal. No, I'll loan me the money. I'll cover the rehab. And then pretty soon, you know, something doesn't close and you expect it to, or a buyer falls out here and this happens and that happens. And you realize like, I don't have enough money in the bank to market, you know, or I don't have enough money in the bank to pay off the note, or I don't have enough money in the bank to make payroll. And that just changes how you make every decision in your business. So the disciplines are so important all the way through. And, and, and all of us, I don't want to pretend like it's easy because I, you know, we all struggle with it. We all get that shiny object thing and want to, want to chase. And it's just, you got to practice every day, man. <laughs> you got to practice every day. 
<laughs> hey, well, I appreciate that inspiration here. So just for the listeners, the the six takeaways that I just wrote down from that so that you guys can think about, I, I really recommend listening to this twice because whenever something's good, it's always better the second time. But first and foremost, don't be the bottleneck in your bi- business. Make sure that other people are capable of making that decision, um, that you have to have operational reserves ready uh, at any time, cash in the bank for you to continue to operate if something does go wrong, that you really need to know your financial numbers at all times, uh, for that you need to have smarter people around you than yourself so that they can run the business if something happens to you. And then five, really make sure that you have unlimited amounts of discipline on the most important things that you're doing the, uh, those most important things all the time. So that's really strong. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about what it is that you are focused on these days, Don, and uh, you can tell us a little bit about what your business is and uh, what you're focused on coaching. Yeah, so I, I've been a rehabber since day one. Like when I started in 2003, I don't know that I knew even what wholesaling was. And when I got back mm-hmm. into it after I lost everything back in 2012, um, you know, rehabbing just came natural. So I, up until last year, I was really um, slanted rehab. Last year, we uh, took on wholesaling. We did 58 wholesale transactions last year and officially became a wholesale company. Uh, we did 197 transactions last year. 139 were rehabs and 58 were wholesales. Um, this year, I'm focused. I, I, we're starting to lean more towards wholesaling just because and cherry picking the rehabs just because I like the the, the quick capital. It's really really sexy thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why yeah. I wholesale earlier. Uh, but, uh, and then we're, we're just, you know, at this point in my business, it's like we got a lot of the systems and structures in place. Um, I'm looking more at how do we add to the bottom line? So tracking our numbers, tracking our marketing, um, understanding where to better deploy our marketing dollars, um, systems in our, in our sales process we're working on. More so now we're trying to figure out how to create more dollars out of what we're already doing. Um, I don't know you know, we're, we're, on, we're on track to do a pretty good number this year, but I'm not as focused on the number of deals this year as I, I am the amount of money. So I'm deploying Absolutely. less money in marketing that we have tighter systems in our office and we're making, you know, we're, we're pulling in more money on the deals right now just for how we're doing things. And so I'm doing better financially this year because of that. I don't know if I hit 200 deals this year. If we, we may, we may hit more than that depending on how the year, the year goes, but that's, that's not my priority as much as it is. My, honestly, I set a goal at the beginning of the year to do a million dollars a month um, first quarter, I did not track that way. I want full transparency because um, I didn't. La- the end of last quarter, I did. And so that's why I set the goal. And uh, this quarter, we've had one month where we hit that and a couple months where we came close. So um, so I can't complain, um, you know, as far as where we're at as a company. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's incredible. I feel like uh, our business went through a similar transition in the sense that we were so focused on that number that we were spending our way up to, to get that number. We were making money, but we weren't making, we weren't as focused on the bottom line, I think, as we should have been. Um, and it's a real wake up when you take a look and you're like, oh, well, Hey, if I just cut about 30% of these expenses, (laughs) that would be profit. So, uh, I, I love to hear that. That's, that's strong. So tell me a little bit, you know, you're the kind of guy who I, f- I feel like you have so much experience and uh, uh, you don't strike me as the kind of guy who would go out and, and hire a coach or hire a mentor or work with somebody on that front, but you've been able to deliver so much value to the people that you are working with. What made you decide uh, to go down that path and start sharing what you learned, um, you know, being that maybe it's something that wasn't really aligned with something you believed in before? 
Well, uh, you know, I, I will say that, you know, I, I, I joined a mastermind group and that was one of the best decisions I made. Um, prior to that, I had launched the podcast. The, the reason why I had launched the podcast was because I had gotten to a place in my business where I wasn't needed all the time. And the last time that happened to me was pre-crash and I, I decided I was going to start putting my energy in areas where they didn't really focus on my core competency, right? Yeah. And I felt like that doing that again would be bad. So I wanted to stay in the space. I wanted to have my finger on the pulse of what the market was doing. I wanted to have my finger on the pulse of what industry leaders were, do, was, were doing. And um, I had the time and capacity to do it. So I launched the podcast without a real plan. To be honest with you, there wasn't any plan behind it. More so just because uh, I wanted to stay in the real estate space and have conversations and add value. I wanted to see if I can add value. Um, that, that evolved to, I'm impacting people and I'm getting emails. I'm sure you're getting the same emails about how much yeah, I love the show or this or that has changed my business. And, and I, I really, I really feed on that. I love somebody saying that one thing you said, you know, um, that I didn't think was important, uh, you know, changed, you know, my whole year. And so I got real passionate about that. Um, I joined the mastermind group and, and the, surrounded myself with smart people, intelligent people, um, and I was able to take a little bit from each of them and really improve my business, which it was significant for me because I was already operating at a high level and, uh, just kind of evolved into, um, you know, coaching and helping and that kind of thing. And, and I think for a long time I was anti, I didn't, I didn't want to be labeled a guru. Like that's it's still something in my head. Like I, I cause I'm not, I'm just a, a guy, yeah. I'm a husband of, I have three kids. I drive, like I said, it's a 2018 Chevy truck, but it's still a Chevy truck. Um, I believe in paying cash for everything I do. And, um, you know, you're not going to see me in a Lamborghini in front of a mansion telling you how you're going to make a bunch of money. It's just, that's not who I am at my core. Right. And yeah. so I struggle with that identity part of it. And, but I do love helping people and, you know, some of the greatest, um, things for me is like being able to, to see that one little change somebody can make to really affect their business, you know, and, and being able to look at their business from a higher level and point that one little thing out that, that they have right in front of their face, but they can't see it. One seldom sees what's right in front of them. Right. So, um, it's just cool. And I know that sounds corny, right? It sounds super, super corny, but it, it's cool to, to be able to say that, you know, I've, I've helped somebody in a, in a very positive way. Yeah. Contribution is definitely King. And I mean, you've already gotten to such a high level in your, part of the industry that it only makes sense to start sharing some of that stuff out. And, uh, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely a stigma to people mentoring or coaching. And frankly, a lot of people are jumping on that train and a lot of people, uh, don't really have that much value to deliver. Uh, and a lot of people do, I think you got to own it because you got a heck of a lot of great experience. You've definitely helped me in my business. And what's, what's really interesting is that not only from an inspiration standpoint, from a tactic standpoint, but sometimes people just need permission. They just need to be told, Hey, you know what? You can do that. And then they're like, Oh, absolutely. I, agree. I can do that. <laughs> and that's the, that's the funny thing. Most people, it's one of two things holding them back. One is they want somebody to tell them that it's okay. Uh -huh. And the other thing is, is that, like I said, it's sitting, it's like right here in their peripheral vision and they're just, they're not seeing it. All you gotta do is just make one little turn and one little tweak and it changes the trajectory forever. And that's probably 90% of the people that I encounter. It's, it's these small little tweaks that, that really impact them more than anything, you know, um, that, I mean, that's really what it's about, man. You, I mean, you know, on the head, just giving people permission. So you're killing it in your business. You're growing in the contribution front. What are some of the biggest challenges in your life today? Uh, you know, 
Right now, I think, well, I think we all struggle with mindset no matter what. And you said this was mm-hmm. a mindset thing, right? So I want to be very, very um, upfront and say that no matter what level you're at, you still struggle with mindset. So personal development's huge for me um, right now at this point in my life. Um, getting my, you know, believing that I am capable of doing a lot of things that I'm, I want to do or I'm doing. Um, you know, getting my health in, 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 in check. I'm, I'm, I'm down 50 pounds since December. Wow. Um, so I got about another 50 to go. I was pushing 300 pounds. Um, believe it or not, I think the pictures will make that obvious, but I want to get down to about 200. And so my goal was to lose hundred pounds in a year and I'm about halfway there, a little past the halfway point, but halfway there and weight wise. That's huge. So, and then, and just my, you know, as far as my business goes, I, I have I'm interviewing COOs right now. I'm literally at the point where I just need that one hire, and I'm done as far as being in my business, you know, at all. So, um, so yeah, you know, I mean, challenges wise, I think now now my challenges are more what am I willing to challenge myself with? What am I? Mm-hmm. What, what goals am I willing to set? What am I going to be willing to set that scare me enough to? you know, that I have to overcome something. That's kind of where my head's at now. I want to overcome more. I want to, I want to do more with my life. So, um, but I think I also suffer from the curse that most entrepreneurs suffer, suffer from, right? When you ask me what a challenge is, I see challenges as opportunities. So to identify Absolutely. like a real challenge in my life right now, it's more like, well, if I identified the opportunities that are before me, that's, that's a different conversation, right? <laughs> so, Yeah, well, I mean, absolutely. I, I always turn a challenge into an opportunity as well, but, but I think it's still there. Right. And, and, and you hit it right on the head, I think. And a lot of folks can recognize this if they've been here or if they're working towards there, they can take this little nugget that Don has hit a point where he's hitting the top level. He's hit everything that he wants to go for. And now it's kind of going to be a flat line. If he doesn't set a new goal to keep the progress alive, to continue growing it, he's going to not feel that same drive that he once felt. And so you're, you're at a really important time. I'm, I'm excited to see what's ahead for you because uh, you've, got to, you've got to set a goal that uh, seems undoable. One of the biggest challenges, if I, if I want to frame it, as you're speaking, that kind of came to mind, not becoming complacent, right? Not, not taking it for granted. Like I need to make sure every single day I'm in a really lucky spot right now. Like literally, like I have a real estate company that a lot of people say that they have. Like I don't see the houses. I couldn't tell you where the cross streets are that they're at. They're getting rehabbed. We're wholesaling them. Um, I have a team that handles it. I don't sign my escrow docs. I don't make my, my bank deposits. I, I have been in the last 60 days, I've been gone a month. Okay. I've not been in my, in my company for a month. So technically it's, it runs itself. Now I even asked Cassie today, I'm like, what do you need me here for? And she's like, nothing. So I'm in a really good spot. And I got to pinch myself and not get lazy, not get complacent and not take it for granted. That that's, mm-hmm. you know, yes, I need to challenge myself so that I stay on the cutting edge and, and do more and stay excited about stuff. But at the same time, not take what I've already built for granted. And that's something that I think a lot of us will fall into sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's, that's pretty strong. So you went through some really tough times during the last downturn and who knows, there might be another one ahead of us. So from your opinion, why do you think people give up when they face some kind of big challenge like, like you did? Well, I mean, Steve, I gave up, um, you know, if I'm being real, um, I think we give up because we feel like the, the, the deck is stacked against us and we have, um, you know, we're in a hole we can't climb out of. And I gave up. I, I, um, the last thing I fought for was the restaurant. We kept that alive till I want to say around 2011. 
Mm-hmm. And finally let that go. And I tried to get a job. Um, I have an associate's degree, not a BA. So anything that I had any qu- near qualification for, they wanted a bachelor's degree or they wouldn't look at you. And uh-huh. anything that didn't require a bachelor's degree, they felt like I was overqualified. And um, I couldn't get hired. I couldn't get a job. Um, I was sitting in a chair. I was depressed. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know what to do. Um, and I posted an ad on Craigslist, just saying experience flipper looking for, you know, someone to JV partner and lend me money. And you got to be close enough to have a cup of coffee. Six people <laughs> called one person I met at Starbucks. The guy talked forever. I mean, talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. And, um, it took me forever to get him to commit. And I was sitting there with him on the last meeting and he, my water got shut off. I got texted from my wife that my water got shut off. And I was just like, I got to close this guy before I go home. And so I got him in that meeting to commit to lending to me on a project. Not, I didn't uh-huh. have a project yet, but to commit to lending me on a project. And I went home and turned my own water on. Don't tell anybody that, but, um, <laughs> but it's just, I didn't have a choice at that point. Um, so I think that's, we all give up at points. We all have, yeah. We all fall down and we all have those days where we, we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I cannot do it anymore. I can't carry it anymore. We all go through that. Um, even in building my business, I've had days like that where this is, I'm just like, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. But it's what you do with that. You know, it's where it's, 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 do you stay in that hole or do you muster the strength to climb out? Do you, do you crawl in the hole and take a break for a minute to recharge your battery and climb out of that? That makes a difference. And, and I was up against the wall of just being a complete and total failure for the rest of my life with no options on the table or making something happen. And I chose to make something happen. And why, why did you choose to make something happen? Because so many people would have said, I'm done with real estate. This, this has burned me. I'm, I, I'm going to go do something else. Why'd you, why'd you get back up? I had no choice. I had a wife and kids. I, I mean, I had to do something. And, and the only, when I, when I took the assessment, when I looked in the mirror, my accountability to myself, right? I knew how to identify a deal and I knew how to, you know, whether it was profitable, I knew how to execute on it. I, I mm-hmm. knew that. I knew I could make that happen. And it was, so that was what I had left. I, who knows? Like, I don't want to stand here and, and say that I'm a hero. I, you know, I had these moments, I share these Taco Bell story moments where, you know, I take my family to Taco, Taco Bell and my car doesn't clear. And I'm standing there in the middle of a busy Taco Bell and I can't even buy my family Taco Bell for lunch. And I'm walking out thinking I'm an entrepreneur and I got this and I'm strong and, you know, I got a thick skin and all, you know, no big deal. And my son tugs on me and says, you know, dad, how come the mean guy wouldn't give us our food? I mean, I've had those crushing moments, right? You have those crushing moments. Um, and I'd like to say that that kind of stuff inspired me to be better, but really that kind of stuff just, it, it hurt me more. It, it, it held me down more for, for a long time. I got beat up and, you know, I just, I, I think I got to a point where I, I had very few options and I knew I had to do something and quitting wasn't one of them. And so for me, it was just, I wasn't going to quit and I had to find what my talent was and do something with it and make something happen. And, um, I think that's a differentiating factor. Some people just choose to quit period. They quit on themselves and I wasn't yeah. going to quit on myself. Well, you had a heck of a motivation with a family at home and, you know, a drive to, to prove that you are enough. Right. And I, I feel like, you know, how do you feel today? Do you feel like you're enough? Have you, have you reached that point, Don? Um, I, I, I definitely make an attempt to, you know, to have that conversation with myself about, you know, the value that I bring to things. Um, I think I put you on the spot because it's something that I think we all, we all face and, and that the listeners all go through this because no matter who you are 
at some point in time, that's a question. And if people don't feel like they're enough, they don't feel like they're going to be loved. And, you know, I've been through that. Uh, I can definitely say that there's been times where I've failed in my business and life and relationships and all these different places. And it can be really tough and it can be tough to get back up. But when you, when you find that little piece, that little motivation and you, you get back up and do it, you're, you come back to that positive momentum that you had before, but you have to find that again. And I'm, I'm really appreciative that you were willing to share that story about how you found it. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me add that, you know, um, it's, it's going to always be a struggle, I think, for people to not, especially when you don't want to be conceited, you don't want to have a big head, right? To, to find that balance between having belief in yourself and, uh, and not taking that belief too far. I fail, you know, every single day. I, I, am, I am a failure <clears throat> as a father, as a husband, as a business person. I am. I, I, we all are as human beings. Every decision I make every day is not always perfect. And um, sometimes they're really, really wrong, um, especially in the father department. I think a lot of fathers can relate to this. Like there yeah. are many times where I'm looking back on something, the way I handled it or the decision I made, or did I spend enough time with my family where I think we'll all always struggle with, did we do enough? Um, but I am in a space right now where I'm okay with the fact that I am imperfect and yeah. I give my permission, myself permission to be imperfect. And I found um, strength in moving forward and just being the best version I can of myself, if that makes sense. It makes that's, a lot of sense. Yeah. I've got to remind myself to do the same every single day. So I definitely can appreciate that. So tell me, uh, you obviously are focused on personal development. You're obviously working really hard over there, losing a ton of weight. I'm really excited for you on that front. What are some of your keystone habits, the things that you do on a daily or weekly basis that really help you succeed? Man, you know, I'm not, I'm not the uh, miracle morning guy. Sure. Uh, I'm more, I'm more trial by fire, but. Um, what works for you though? You know, just perspective. Um, you know, kind of keep, one of the things that I'm really good at is, is being able to say, okay, this is where I want to be. This is where I am here now. I don't know what this looks like, but we're going to go on that path. We're going to make adjustments along the way we go. So I'm very big on setting, like setting goals. I, you know, I'm not a writer writing down Uh guy, but I will set it, set it. I will say it in my head. I'll, I'll make a decision. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to go. And then I'll communicate that with my team and get buy-in. I'll communicate that with my family and get buy-in. So um, I think just keeping my eye on the ball when I, when I set, you know, I set a goal to lose hundred pounds in a year and every single day I know it's going to be, um, there's going to be a struggle in doing that. Right. And so I approach each day with, you know, what little piece do I need to check off to make that goal happen? Um, I've learned that it can't happen in big chunks. Um, you know, and then in, in this, and I think at this point in time, my habits are, or making sure I take time for myself. Um, you know, I try to leave early to go to the gym. Um, you know, I try to leave early to spend time with my family. I make sure they don't miss, you know, games and stuff like that. So taking the personal time, um, which a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, giving themselves permission to take that personal time. And you got to recharge your batteries. You got to recharge your perspective. So I think that one of the things that I think is a habit of mine uh, now is just really giving myself permission to not grind 24-7 and to take that time to recharge my battery and have fun or spend time with family and refuel. Yeah, refueling is so key and it's so hard to do because there's always something driving you to do a little bit more in the business. And if you could just do that one more thing and then also next thing you know, you're there at 11 o'clock at night. So we've gotten to one of my favorite parts of the show, the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So Don, tell us what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're, you're excited about right now? 
the one that's impacted my life the most is how to win friends and influence people. Um, I was a, a kid with a chip on my shoulder and uh, liked to fight a lot when I was a teenager. Um, you may have been the same if you had a few stepdads. Uh, yeah. And I had a principal uh, give me that book. And t- today, I cannot remember her name, um, to tell you the truth. But she gave me that book and I read it. And um, then it led me to think of Grow Rich and so on and so forth. So it, it's a, it's... That is one of the pivot points in my life. I think we all have these pivot points, right? That's one of the pivot points in my life. Um, I think it defined me as as who I am in my organization, um, you know, how I interact with people now, and it's a huge part of my life. What a wonderful book. I recommend listening to the audiobook if you like to listen to audiobooks, guys. Just mm-hmm. definitely turn it up to two times speed because it's an it's an old timer speaking old time language and it's it's much better fast. So from a purpose perspective, Don, why do you do what you do? I love it. Um, you know, some people like golf. Um, some people like to watch football on Sundays. Um, my, my hobbies are spending time with my kids and my business. I, I really love doing what I do. Um, it's a passion. They, they always say, find something you love and do it. And, you know, if, if I had the choice, uh, you know, um, you know, obviously camping with my family comes first, Disneyland with my family comes first. But if I had a choice between going out and playing golf or, um, you know, doing something like that or working on a project in my business or propelling my business forward, I, I choose you know, propelling my business forward. So um, there's that. And then there's the generation wealth thing. Like if I can change my children's children's future without, you know, destroying who they are, right? We want them to be good people too, but give them opportunities they never would have had while at the same time giving an opportunity to be good people. I think that that would just be phenomenal. Oh, that's really, that's really inspiring right there. Mm-hmm. So on that same point, from an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors and how did they influence your career? Um, my grandparents um, were definitely mentors of mine. Um, they just, they, they, I think they balanced me as a person, um, which has influenced my career. Um, I, I would say that the, 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 my mentors, I look at mentorship differently. I, you know, um, I, I didn't pay for coaching. I, I learned a lot of this through the School of Hard Knocks. Absolutely. You know, a lot of my mentors are the people that are, I surround myself with, like yourself, um, Andy McFarland, um, Bill, Mike and Mike, um, you know, some of the people that I interact with in my community. The people that are out there, the entrepreneurs that are out there doing it um, and, and winning at it are the, are the people that really I learn the most from, right? The conversations we have, you know, just hanging out by a pool at an event or, you know, um, is having dinner or even having a drink, right? That's, that's really where I get a lot of my inspiration and value, um, believe it or not, you know, from people. And it's, it's the everyday person that I get to interact with that's fighting the same fight. That those are the people that, it, that just really inspire me. And I feel, I, I consider mentors. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's one of the great places to find mentors is whether it's digital or in person, you know, it's just somebody who inspires you and all those people you mentioned are really great. And a lot of them happen to have been on the podcast. So go check out those episodes uh, if you want to learn more about them. So finally, what drives you to live your best life every day, Don? Uh, my kids, my, my kids, um, you know, just, I, I need to be, um, you know, representative of what you, you need to be in your life to them. And, and so, you know, I, I hold myself accountable to that and it drives me to try to be the best I can. Well, that's really great. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you being open and vulnerable and sharing a little bit of the insight because I think that's where we learn the most is from the places that you've grown the most. And so where can people find out more about you and uh, get in touch? 
Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of podcasts. Um, Flip Talk being the original uh, interview style like yours. Um, Flip Talk Rookie Playbook. We, we've done the first round, which is about 49 episodes. Starts with week one on how to be a real estate investor. It's free. Um, takes you all the way through week 49. Um, and then you can email me at donnaflipdog.com. You can find me on Facebook. I'm everywhere now, man. I don't think there's a spot at this point in time. But, uh, and I just, I, I want to mention it here. I just launched a podcast called Surviving Me. And it's morphed. I, I think you were in Costa Rica when I talked about what it was going to be originally. Mm-hmm. Now, I me and a, an ex-Marine are talking to Marines who struggle with PTSD and depression and coming home and how to deal with that. And it's become... Um, and just an incredible pro- project. We, we launched that about two weeks ago. I haven't even started promoting it yet. But um, if you want to know what our veteran community is going through and the struggles they go through when they um, come home and how you can possibly support or, or that kind of thing, that's definitely a show to listen to. If you're a vet and you're struggling, it's a show to listen to. It's a passion project um, for me. So that's I'm, I, I'm in a few different spots. I love that. Well, we will include links to all of those in the show notes and on the website. So please do check out Don. He is an incredible guy and uh, he can definitely help you get where you want to go. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Don. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.